If you have a Bible, please turn to John chapter 11. The Gospel of John chapter 11. If you do not have a Bible with you, we do invite you to use the the Bibles provided in the pews. And on that Bible, you can find John 11 on page 897. I'm going to read to us John 11, verses 17 through 27. So I would ask that you would stand in honor of the Word of God if you are able. John 11, 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. This is God's holy word. Please be seated. We read in verse 17 that Jesus came and found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for days. He has come to the home of Mary and Martha, and their brother Lazarus, who has just died. Jesus has performed miraculous signs for three years. He has given sight to the blind. He has made the lame to walk. He has multiplied just a few loaves and fish to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. He has commanded the wind and the waves to be still, and they obeyed. He has cast out demons. He has even brought several individuals back from the dead. Mary and Martha believed in Jesus. And when their brother Lazarus was ill, they had sent word to Jesus, asking Jesus to come. Jesus came in the Father's perfect timing after Lazarus has died. We read in verse 17 that when Jesus came to Bethany, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, after four days, the body is visibly starting to decompose. It's very obvious to anyone who would go into that tomb that Lazarus is dead. Now, we're told in verse 18 that Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. Jerusalem is the destination towards which Christ has been heading. 
He has foretold that in Jerusalem, uh, he will suffer at the hands of the religious leaders. Uh, He will be condemned. Uh, He will be crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised. Now, his disciples have not been able to understand this. Not expecting that the promised Christ, the promised anointed one, the promised king is going to die. This is the Father's perfect plan for redeeming a people for himself. Jesus comes to Bethany just two miles away from Jerusalem, where the religious leaders are centered. Religious leaders who who are plotting to put Jesus to death. It will be in, just outside Jerusalem, Jesus will be arrested. It will be in Jerusalem that he will be put on trial. It will be just out the city wall that he will be crucified. Jesus is now in Bethany, just two miles away from Jerusalem. We read in verse 19 that many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother, presumably most of them having come from Jerusalem. In Jewish customs, uh, you would visit the family for a period of seven days after the death. And and so there were many people who were coming into the home. Uh, They were mourning with Mary and with Martha. They would stay for a significant period of time. This is going to go on for a week. Verse 20. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, she's not rebuking Jesus for not having come sooner. She's expressing faith in Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I I, I believe that you would have healed him if you had been here. And there's some disappointment in her voice. That's what she would have liked to have happened. She goes on in verse 22, But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She's been thinking about something that Jesus said. Because if you go back to verse 3, we read, So the sisters sent to Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill, But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So they sent this messenger to Jesus. And when Jesus gave the message, the messenger heard Jesus' response, which the messenger would have taken back to Mary and Martha. And so Martha has been mulling this over in her mind, these words from verse 4. This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Lazarus has died, and you can just imagine how she's trying to fit this together. Jesus said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. My brother has died. And now she says here in verse 22, But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. It would appear that she understands that Jesus may raise her brother 
from the dead. We see faith, certainly, here in Christ. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. That is taught in the Old Testament. It's taught throughout the Bible that there is coming a future day at the end of history uh, when God will raise uh, all who have died before him. He will raise uh, the righteous and the wicked alike unto judgment. And the righteous will go to be in the presence of the Lord forever and the wicked will go unto eternal destruction. And so she says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Notice Jesus does not say, I will raise people from the dead. I will give life. No, he says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. In other words, if you know Christ, you will be raised. If you know Christ, you have life. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life because he has life in himself. He is the author of life. He went to the cross just shortly after this, willingly laying down his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of God's people. But that grave could not contain him because he is the resurrection and the life. On the third day, he was raised just as he foretold he would be because he is the resurrection and the life. Jesus, upon the cross, he defeated death. Turn over with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Hebrews 2, 14 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, the children is us, all right? Or the pre- actually the previous verse, Behold, I and the children God has given me, God's people. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, they're talking about the incarnation, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Apart from Christ, we should fear death. The Bible says it is appointed for man to die once and then to face judgment. Apart from Christ, we are sinners against the Holy God. And there's nothing that we can offer to God to make ourselves right with Him. We we, we can't be good and let our good outweigh our bad. God is holy. He's righteous. He hates all sin, all evil. Evil cannot dwell with a holy God. 
And so, apart from Christ, we should fear death. Because it will go right into, lead us right into judgment. But we're told that Jesus at the cross, that he destroyed the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Because at the cross, Jesus, as the substitute for God's people, paid the penalty for God's people. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And upon the cross, Jesus died in the place of his people. In the place of those who would believe in him as Lord and Savior. Jesus suffered the wrath of God that we deserve for our sin. There was three hours of darkness when he was upon the cross. And he says from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God the Father was fulfilling Isaiah 53, which foretold that Christ would bear our sin. He would bear our guilt and the Father would chastise Christ for our sin. He is the Holy One. He is the Righteous One. But He laid down His life for sinners to save sinners. And so if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't need to fear death because Jesus died in your place. And so death has no power over you. And so you can come back to John 11. Jesus, having defeated death through his atoning death and triumphant resurrection, he is the resurrection and the life. We read in 1 John chapter 5, uh, verses uh, 11 and 12. 1 John 5, 11 and 12, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. There is only one who is the resurrection and the life, and that's Jesus Christ. And so if you have, if you have this, the Son, you have eternal life. If you do not have the Son of God, you do not have eternal life. Jesus here speaks to Martha and he tells her this most wonderful truth. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. We will die physically unless Jesus comes beforehand. But whoever believes in me, Though he die, yet shall he live. For the believer, death amounts to entrance into the glories of eternal life. Jesus went to prepare a place for us. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And through faith in Jesus Christ, we receive eternal life. So when we die physically, it's an entrance into the glories of eternal life. And the body of the believer will be raised when Jesus Christ comes again, will be raised unto eternal life. And so whoever believes in me, Jesus says, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. You don't wait until eternity to receive eternal life. But when you believe in the Son, you receive the free gift of eternal life. God takes you from spiritual death into spiritual life. 
And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus gives an eternal life that is, is not uh, in any way damaged by physical death. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Receives eternal life that will go on forever and ever. And so the believer will forever be with the Lord Jesus Christ. As we read in Romans chapter 8, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life is eternal. And so Jesus says to Martha, do you believe this? The gospel calls for a response from every man, woman, boy, and girl. Jesus puts it to Martha, do you believe this? In verse 27, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. That's what Jesus' miracles show. They show that he is the Christ the, the one who was promised again and again in the Old Testament, uh, who would come and who would establish his kingdom. The one who would come and on the way to the, crop, to the throne would lay down his life as the suffering servant, making atonement for the sins of his people, because that's the only way into the kingdom is through the cross. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. The Son of God, that means that Jesus is God who has come and become man. He's the second person of the Trinity. Uh, that, that the, he is the one through whom the whole universe was created. He is the great I Am. He is without beginning, without end. He's God Himself who came in human flesh. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. What a glorious gospel we have. What a glorious Savior we have. Jesus Christ. Now Jesus is speaking to Martha at a tomb. Martha's brother has been dead for four days. And Jesus asks, where have you laid him? And so they take Jesus to the tomb where Lazarus had been buried. You would normally be buried on the day of your death in a tomb. He's been there four days. Jesus commands the people, take away the stone. And then Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Remember that message that was brought back to Mary and Martha? Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And then Jesus lifts up his eyes to heaven, and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And then he says those sovereign words, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, 
his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. One more miraculous sign. John has been recording miraculous signs that Jesus performed that all showed who he is. He has just declared, I am the resurrection and the life. And now he performs the sign that shows he is truly the resurrection and the life. As he sovereignly speaks to Lazarus, whose body is dead and decomposing, Lazarus come forth and Lazarus obeys. (laughs) The one who is the life by the word of command gives life. And Lazarus had no choice but to come forth. Just as God had said in, in the creation, let there be light and there was light. This is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. Now turn over to John chapter 5, verse 19. John chapter 5, verse 19. As we read these verses, remember what we just read. Verse 19, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. You see, to believe Christ's word is to believe the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Now he's not talking about the future resurrection. He'll talk about that several verses down. He says here, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. He's talking about those who are spiritually dead, who have not died physically, will hear the voice of the Son of God, will hear the word of Christ The crucified and risen Christ sent forth his word. He sent forth his word through the apostles. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word of Christ is the good news of what God has done to save sinners through the the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And, and, and the word of Christ calls upon sinners to come to Christ for salvation. The gospel calls upon men, women, boys, and girls to repent of your sin, that is to confess your sin to God, to have godly sorrow over your sin because of the offense that it is to a holy God, to forsake your sin and to turn to Jesus Christ, believing in Him as the Son of God incarnate, trusting in Him as your only Savior from sin, submitting your life to Him as your Lord to follow Him the rest of your days. The Word of Christ calls for this response. Christ, through the gospel, calls sinners unto himself for eternal life. And Jesus says here, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Apart from God's grace working in our soul, we are deaf to spiritual truth. We are deaf to the gospel. And so we may, with our physical ears, we may hear the gospel a a thousand times without responding. But what Jesus is talking about is when you truly hear the voice of the Son of God, when you truly hear the word of Christ, as the Holy Spirit works in your, 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 your spiritual ears to open your ears to the gospel, as he works in your heart to open your heart to the gospel, and you hear the gospel of Christ for the first time really hearing it, because the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, is working through the gospel in your heart. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live just like Lazarus came forth. Jesus said, Lazarus come forth and his word gave life. And Lazarus came forth and so it is with the gospel. The gospel goes forth. The word of Christ goes forth. The Spirit of God works through that. And those who truly hear, they believe. They repent of their sin. They receive eternal life. And no one can then snatch them out of Christ's hand or the Father's hand. We have a wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If Steve were here with us, he's not watching this. That, that, would, that would be t- too small of a thing. He's gazing at Christ. He's in the presence of his Lord and Savior. He's not looking at what we're doing. He doesn't care about what we're doing. He's enamored with Christ. But if he were here, he would urge you to respond to the gospel of grace to respond to the gospel of Christ, a repenting of your sin and coming to Christ, believing in Jesus as your Savior, believing in Jesus as your Lord, to follow Him as your Master. The gospel promises eternal life. 
to anyone who comes to the Son in repentance and faith. He will not cast away a single one. So we grieve, but not as those without hope. Because Steve knew the one who is the resurrection and the life. So we grieve with great hope. Let me pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glorious gospel of Christ. Lord, I pray that Christ would be all the more precious to us this evening than ever before. Having seen Christ in your word. I pray, Father, for any here this this evening who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Any here who stand guilty before you, who are under your condemnation, who unless you save them will face judgment, eternal judgment, after they die. I pray, Father, that you and your grace and your mercy You would open their ears to the gospel of Christ. You'd open their hearts to the gospel of Christ. And then in your grace, you would draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might not perish, but that they might have eternal life. I pray for everyone in this room who is grieving the sudden, unexpected death of a family member, a friend, a loved one. Lord, may you bring them comfort this evening with the gospel of Christ. For it is the gospel of Christ that is our greatest comfort, that is our true comfort. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.